And that's how the theme song goes. Hey there, welcome back to the Constitutionalist Podcast. I'm your host, Chad White. And if you didn't know, this is the premier podcast for the website, www.cpluscomedy.com. The, there's no backslashes as I say that. Let's just pretend that I did not restart this <laughs> recording. <laughs> This isn't the this isn't the second take. This is the first take. Uh, well, I'll, don't, worry, don't worry about it. You didn't miss anything. I was only one minute in, and I was talking about the Mindy Project. I just finished it on the Hulu platform last week. It ended weeks before, weeks prior. But I decided to hold off for I think two or three weeks because I I just wanted to bank a couple episodes and not have to deal with waiting to see how I know these shows going to end. And of course, it ended with Mindy and Danny getting back together. And even though they were divorced for because because uh, the 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 actor who plays Danny was off doing more acting jobs and uh, and then but Mindy got married at the end of the last season and then she got divorced at the beginning of this season it's just a waste of my time and everybody else has watched it but it was it's a good show it's got <laughs> I wouldn't say that it's a funny show it's got a lot of good jokes on there a lot of fast jokes a lot of good bits and everything. And I never got tired of them, but uh, the uh, it's a show that <laughs> no one said no to the guest stars. So <laughs> every, they always got their first, their number one guest star. I want Glenn Howerton. We can get Glenn Howerton. I want Jay Duplass. We got Jay Duplass. I want Renee Zellweger. We got her. Uh, and then, uh, but then, uh, then they didn't say, they, again, they didn't say no to the story. And it's just trying and tearing. Um Let's see. I want to also want to talk about uh, the main topic is going to be the Golden Globes nomination. So I'm going to try to rush through these. Uh, Richard Dawson and Family Feud. Oh yeah. Okay. So so I start. So I, I check. I like to check my streaming options regularly, probably pretty much every few days or so. And I was checking on the Amazon Prime platform because uh, I I don't like to order things. I just like to watch things. Uh, I was checking on the Amazon uh, Prime platform. And I saw there was our there are a bunch of actually it's on my Xbox right now I'm about to watch one Mississippi and the the pilots I got to review the pilots anyway <laughs> and uh, so I was checking out the new shows and one of the new one one set of the new shows is they got they have I don't, it's not a channel but it's a section it's called Buzzer B U Z Z R I believe and they have old Family Feuds old catchphrases uh, I think it's called Catchphrase Plus actually uh, old thousand dollar pyramids because it's an old show ten thousand dollar pyramid because it's 1975 but it's every yeah all of them are from 1975 or the late 60s i believe there's maybe one or two shows from the 80s but it's all from the 70s and so uh one of them is the richard dawson hosted family feud he's a he's a great guy let me tell you but man oh man that guy kisses all of the women contestants that would not fly today imagine walking <laughs> you you're hosting. Oh, you can hear that candle that I have burning. It's crackling. It's got. It's one of those crackle candles. Anyway, you can you imagine him just walking up to your wife and you going, uh, Chad, Chad, who's this? It's like, oh, this is my wife, Candace. Ooh, Candace, come here. And then a kiss on the lips. <laughs> it's just so weird. <laughs> but it's a fine show, and uh, it's weird to see a show from this game show from the seventies and try to guess all the answers and have them not be like cigarettes or, uh, I don't know, uh, uh, protesting. Yeah, we protest today. Anyway, let's move on. We protest today. There's protest going on for net neutrality. And, uh, okay. So I also, so during, uh, what's it called? Cyber Monday. Yeah. Black Friday, Cyber Monday. There is a sale on Xbox live. Okay. I like to, I like to video game guys. All right. I got all the consoles. 
I got everything I need. I just play the video games. I don't buy a lot of video games, but I, I got a nice collection of them, and I play. I got the. I had the PS4 on today. I had the Xbox uh, One on today. I got the Switch on today. It's great. I try to cycle through those every few every few hours, you know, just to justify the thousand dollars I spent on them. I actually know I got them all on sale except for the Switch. Switch I had to buy brand new, but. That's neither here nor there. You can actually watch that in documentary form. Uh, it's called Finding Switch, a documentary, I swear to God, on YouTube.com slash Comedy. It's a 14-minute documentary that I shot, edited, wrote. It did so much. <laughs> did so much. And it was supposed to be for the last job I was at, uh, the news station. But they didn't want it because they didn't think it was relevant to local news. Again, they do top 10 lists. So, anyway... <laughs> uh, so I so I so I bought Injustice Two during this during this uh, Cyber Monday fiasco deal, and I because I love the first one. I have it on PS4. I bought Injustice Two on Xbox One. So I thought I so I'm playing this game, and this one Injustice Two Injustice One took place into inside two universes. Injustice Two takes place inside the second universe of that first game, which is a dystopian Earth where Superman went evil and he <laughs> started policing the world alongside Wonder Woman. Black Adam and uh, a bunch of other heroes and villains uh, and um, cyborg. And so anyway, so then uh, Batman in that in that universe is uh, is the one of the only good guys. It's like him, Black Canary, Green Arrow, Flash was bad, so it wasn't him. Uh, Harley Quinn, he got Harley Quinn to be on his side. Anyway, so I'm playing the game. And you see these cutscenes, uh, and and they're and they're destroying the cities and stuff. And there's uh, Brainiac is the main villain, so he pops up, and he is destroying the city, destroying Metropolis. And then and then I'm thinking, wow, it must suck to have insurance pre- like the insurance premiums premiums must be just astronomically high in any of these cities, any world, any universe that has superheroes. So I got to thinking. You know, you watch a Man of Steel. Man of Steel, Superman and Zod are fighting. They destroy, I'd say, a quarter or to half of Metropolis. Uh, Spider-Man Homecoming. We had the Vulture landing on cars and destroying it. Same thing for Spider-Man 2 when um, Doc Ock broke into the bank and he took Aunt May. And he was just throwing cars at Peter Parker and crush, and crushing through the building with his claws. It's a, And he sank a dock at the end of that movie. Um, and then we have, um, who else? What other superhero movies? Oh, Batman! What? Jesus, The Dark Knight Rises. That I believe the Tumblr was rolling. Th- I, th- I think in the second one too, the Tumblr rolled through the streets and destroyed everything. Um, let's see, the first Avengers when all those aliens attacked, and uh, which they deny. And oh, God, I hate that so much. Anyway, <laughs> when the first aliens attacked and they destroyed all most of New York, I bet a bunch of people died then. Uh, so, so it's it's it just must suck. The Geico and State Farm and all these other insurance companies must be making a lot of money. A lot of I was gonna say rolling in the bank, but that doesn't make sense. They must be making a ton of dough because insurance premiums must be high there. That was that was the only thing I was on my mind. Anyway, anyway. <laughs> this is so dumb. Um, all Hell King Julian brought back new episodes last week on the Netflix over there. It's a if you have, if you don't know, it's a spinoff of the Madagascar series. <laughs> It's a cartoon show about the lamer King Julian before he meets the Madagascar family, the zoo animals. So it's him and Mort and Maurice. And then they have this bodyguard named Clover, who I assume leaves at the end of the series before the movie starts. I don't know if they're ever going to end the series because it's so it's it's gone on for 
It went on for four seasons, and then they paused that that original show. They spun it off again to All Hail King Julian Exiled. They put out 13 episodes of that because he got kicked out of the kingdom uh, because of these mountain lamers. And then, this just sounds crazy describing this, and then they brought back the show, the original show, back again for season five. So they've done six seasons of this show, and... And they're all 13 episodes, so I'd say in maybe two years. Oh, no, I can't count. Three years. Uh, and I just started watching this year. It's a wonderful show if you can get over the, a lot of the crass nature of it. But it's uh, and a lot of butt jokes and, uh, and the farting jokes and throwing up jokes. Anyway, but it's a wonderful show. And I just hit the table again. And I think it's <laughs> but but this this one was this. I, I assume this season, this current season was shot, written and shot within the last year because there are a lot of jokes about the presidency. There are a lot of jokes about America today and it is great. It's so wonderful to see a cartoon just tackle this stuff and they are not holding back. They are, they are, I I would give an example of a joke, but my mind is admittedly a little bit blank right now, but it's, it's uh, go watch it. It's wonderful. You can just probably probably, I don't know. I don't know. You just go watch it. I don't care. Do what you got to do. I'm not going to say watch it or not watch it. Anyway, uh, last but not least, I'm so I'm watching SNL this week and uh, I'm thinking uh, James Franco is there. He's hosting. And I, I and I love SNL. It's great. It's wonderful. And it gives everybody and all these all these actors on the show a platform. But to do weird stuff. But something I noticed is that this season, especially this season, they in the last few episodes have been hiring, I guess, I don't know. I would say actors, but like extras. They're doing extras, but they're actors and they're they're having speaking roles during sketches. And it's very strange and it and it really stood out to me this week when they had a sketch. The cold open was Keenan being Santa and Kate McKinnon being his elf. Elf helper, helper. <clears throat> and uh she was and and so they're bringing kids up to sit on Santa's lap. And the kids would speak. And I understand that they need this for the, I don't know, I know how, you know, they would, usually if they were doing this 10 years ago, they would have all of the actors, all all the actors, all the um, cast members of SNL do this, be the kids, pretend to be the kids, you know, quote unquote. But they actually got kids this time. And these kids are reading off the cards and it's funny and it worked and everything. And then we get to the monologue. Franco is speaking to a regular person in the who was uh, not a regular person, a quote unquote actor, a re- quote unquote regular person, an actor who is in the audience speaking before he gets to, over to uh, a woman who was standing in front of Seth Rogen, who's also an actor. So it's just, it's a man and then a woman. And I don't know it's very strange. And I don't know why they're doing that right now. Uh, I don't I don't know the gist. Of it. I don't know. the I don't know the rules. I don't know the rules. Of SNL. I don't know if they've done this before. I've only been watching since. I think Betty White was my first episode, so I've only been watching since then. So I I don't understand. I don't know how why they came to this. I guess they're just they want more time to do the makeup. They don't want makeup people to rush, so they say they hire these actors who probably have no chance of being on SNL proper, and they say we'll pay you you know the SAG minimum for the speaking role, and then uh, that's it. So who knows? The room is out. Uh, <laughs> Go see it. They're not the room. <laughs> the disaster artist. It's about the making of the room. Uh, but I have, a, I have an issue with uh, the uh, so bad it's good mentality of this whole thing. I don't understand it. But 
let's move on to the, it doesn't make sense. You know, just either like something or don't. It's, I mean, I love the DC, well, I love them. I like the DC movies a lot. You know, I love Batman vs. Superman. I do love that movie. I like Suicide Squad, uh, but I also like Spider-Man Homecoming. I also, I dislike Iron Man. So it's just Robert Downey Jr. I got a problem with him. Uh, but I like Captain America, the first two, you know. it's uh, I like Wreck-It Ralph. I like Frozen. It, the uh, There are plenty of bad movies, quote-unquote bad movies I have. I got, uh, let's see, I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking. I think I have the first Shrek. <laughs> the first Shrek is not good. <laughs> let's let's admit that. I got iRobot. I don't think I've ever watched iRobot on DVD. I just bought it. I got it's, it's so many bad movies <laughs> that I'm not naming. Uh, let's see. I'm just going to move the mic with me. I have, uh, let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see. I don't know. There's just, there's a lot of bad movies. And <laughs> I'm looking at a lot of good movies here <laughs> that I can't even name that are bad. Uh, oh boy. Red 2. I like, I like Red 2. I don't think I've seen it all the way through, but I like it a lot. <laughs> Hobo with the Shotgun. I don't know if that was completely well accepted. Coach Carter. It's wonderful. It's great. I think people need to drop this so bad it's good or bad, bad or good, good. All of it's subjective. All of it's subjective. Okay, so I want to get to the Golden Globe nomination. So for comedy this year, there was a little bit of contention because the Get Out movie, Get Out, was nominated as a comedy. And uh, kind of really pissed a lot of people off, especially me, because Get Out's definitely not funny. And it's uh, only a very decent movie. So let's just uh, be real about that. But for so there were a lot of before <laughs> let's let's get to the snubs first for the for the comedies. There were a lot of snubs. There's But for again, for comedy, there's a lot of shows out and uh, we are in the quote unquote peak TV era. So I said, quote unquote, I think three or four times in this episode. So I'm going to stop saying that. But. Uh, this year, thanks to the New York Times, we have uh, I have all the snubs right here with me. Um, and uh, they say, in recent years, the Golden Globes have fallen hard for shows like Transparent, Mozart in the Jungle. So Marvelous Miss Maisel isn't out of the left field. Marvelous Miss Maisel is about a stand-up comedian woman in the early <laughs> 40s or 50s. I don't know. And uh, she's very funny and people like her. But we have the snubs. Let's see. Left out this year were Transparent and Veep. Transparent is a very big winner for both the Emmys and the Golden Globes, so I don't know why they left that one out. I also don't know why they left out Veep, but my only guess is because Veep is coming, first of all, because Veep has won, I think, for the last four years, and then it's also coming back for its final season next year, so maybe that's why they're doing that. Then we got Better Things, which was not non, was that, was that not nominated. We have Glow, which was not nominated, which is very odd considering that it premiered this year, and it did really well, and I, really, and I liked it a lot. It's a show that I watched, and I don't watch a lot of shows. <laughs> I do. It's a joke. And then Insecure, they all so all three of those shows got acting nominees for the female leads, but they didn't get the best comedy nods. And then Girls was not nominated, but it already it already won in 2012, and it was nominated twice before, so we really need that. And then Brooklyn Nine Nine was not nominated as well. So here's who who here are the shows that were nominated: Marvelous Miss <laughs> Marvelous Miss Maisel, Blackish, Master of None, Smilf, Will and Grace. And I've seen. Three of those shows. Smilf is wonderful. If you want to go, go watch that show. It's about a single woman, Frankie Shaw, taking care of her baby, and she's a struggling actor. And it's and it's in uh, not Brooklyn, was the Boston, Boston. Um, and then for best performance by an actress in a television series, musical or comedy, of course, Pam Adlon. <laughs> every time, uh, Allison Brie, Issa Rae, Rachel Brohansen, and Frankie Shaw. You know, just a, a nice group of gals. Honestly, I think for that one, I'm again, I, I did this for the Oscars and I do this for the Emmys. I'm going to do a uh, ballot, and I'm pretty sure, I want to say that 
for me, Issa Rae is going to take that. And then I have my backup is going to probably be Pam Adlon, maybe. It's either going to be Pam or Frankie. But I'm going to say Issa is my number one. Uh, for best comedy performance by an actor in a television series, musical or comedy, we got Anthony Anderson, Aziz Ansari, Kevin Bacon, William H. Macy, Eric McCormick. I can tell you once, I never did laugh at I Love a Dick. So I'm still on the second episode. So they've got eight more chances to make me laugh, but or seven more chances to make me laugh. But who knows? Uh, for that one, I'm going to go with Anthony. He needs to win something. I think he has won something. Nah. Anyway, Anthony needs to win. And I'm going to give my backup to Aziz. Stay safe. But it's probably going to be William H. Macy or Eric McCormick. Um, Best Picture, Comedy Musical. We got The Disaster Artist, which came in under the wire. Get Out, The Greatest Showman, which is also under the wire. It's not even out yet. I, Tanya, I don't think that's even out yet. And Lady Bird. I really want Lady Bird to win because that's <laughs> it's the only... It's only other than Get Out. It's only one I saw. I've seen, but Get Out's not a comedy. So I'm taking this down to four. And if Get Out wins, we're gonna have an issue. It's uh, I'm gonna be as angry as I was when Orange is the New Black won for Best Comedy. <laughs> so there's that. I'm just gonna give it to Lady Bird. Disaster Artist will be my backup, and that's gonna be a good backup. Then for Best Performance by an Actress in a Motion Picture, Musical or Comedy, Judy Dench, Victoria and Abdul. I thought that was a documentary. <laughs> I am so stupid. I literally just saw that movie on IMDb and I thought, oh, it's a documentary. <laughs> oh, my God. oh, my God. I hate my life. Margot Robbie, uh, Saros, Saoirse Ronan. I don't know why I said Saoirse. I, I do know why because it looks like that. Emma Stone for Battle of the Sexes and Helen Mirren. Wow, Judy Dench and Helen Mirren going head to head in the best performance for a musical or comedy for an actress. I'm going to go with uh, Saoirse. If Saoirse wins, if she doesn't win this, then she'll be nominated for an Oscar, and she'll definitely win that. She will be nominated for an Oscar. I, I, I trust, I trust in that. She'll be nominated for an Oscar. I think they're they had they do ten now, right? Or they do five or six, something like that. Some stupid, some weird number that it's funny. It's funny enough that they do that number. But I'm gonna go with Saoirse and give my backup to my girl Emma Stone. Now I'll give it to. I give it to Judy Dench. I don't even care. Uh, best performance by an actor in a motion picture, musical, or comedy. Steve Carell, Angel Elgort, James Franco, Hugh Jackman, Daniel. Why is he nominated for comedy? Oh, my God. The guy from Get Out's nominated for freaking comedy. That is disrespectful to Jordan. And I don't. And I understand it wasn't him who put the the movie's nomination up for comedy. Um one that's just undermining his talent and it's going to make him look like he's was making a comedy when in fact he was not yeah you laughed during the movie but i can pretty much say you laughed during every movie i laughed during marley and me and a dog dies in that spoiler alert <laughs> i so stupid i laughed during train wreck and they break up during that movie but they get back together it's a comedy also so I don't think they should have. I I don't know. It's the it's the production, not production company. It's the studio that put the that puts the movie up, and I guess they said, well, we're not gonna win. It's a it's a horror movie, so we're not gonna win anything in the horror category, I guess, or the drama category. So let's put it up as a comedy. That'll it'll it won't hurt anybody. It hurts Jordan's credibility. And it, when because I remember when the what's it called Keanu movie came out. When he he and um, Keegan Michael Key they they make that movie, people think, oh, it's a Key and Peele movie. No, it's just a, it's a movie from Jordan Peele and Keegan Michael Key, and they just happen to make it and they happen to start. It's not a Key and Peele movie. It doesn't make sense. 
that's kind of disrespecting, disrespectful to um, what they do. I mean, yeah, I understand it can be an mayor making a comedy movie, but just don't don't categorize it as such. Don't categorize categorize them as you know a duo that does everything together. And then when the when the Get Out movie came, oh Get Out <laughs> when the Get Out movie when Get Out came earlier this came out this earlier this year, people were uh, thinking it's a comedy. They're going to the movie thinking it's a comedy because I've heard I heard so many people go, oh, I can't wait to see this movie. It's it's going to be funny. No, it's a it's a horror thriller. It's a social thriller, as what Jordan was calling it. What if people? What if what if you're uh, an office worker and people categorize you as a as a water boy? And they asked you to get water all the time. Yeah, it'd be annoying, wouldn't it? Uh, I again, I'm a, I'm very outspoken about certain things, and that's what the constitutional is about. The constitutional is you sit down in front of a microphone and you just get mad, and you try not to curse about it. You know what? I'm good at not cursing right now. What is this? The Post movie, Steven Spielberg. It's about the Washington Post. Set up in the. Uh, it's it's not even out yet. Wide release is January twelfth. Oh, it's the Watergate era. Uh, who cares? Who cares? I like Spielberg. You see that? There's a uh, Tyler, the creator, was on the Tiny Desk concert for NPR Music. It was wonderful. 24 minutes long. Go set aside half an hour. Watch it. It's fun. Anyway, I get to my favorite comedians of all time. See, so the main topic was supposed to be about Franco and uh, Rogan's, uh, well, Franco's disaster artist movie. But I'll, also, I've never seen The Room. <laughs> And I don't want to talk about it. I don't. Want, I don't ever want to see it. I've seen the clips. I don't want to see the movie. I don't. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. I'm just gonna watch a disaster artist. I understand. Uh, there's, there's a lot of side jokes in there. You're not gonna think it's funny. Blah, blah, blah. I'm gonna watch it. I'm gonna think it's funny. All right. They made the movie for everybody, not just for you. Okay. Anyway, uh, favorite comedians of all time: Franco, Rogan. They're a good. They're a good group of guys. I like everything that they do. Uh, actually, no, I don't. I. They're okay. So I have an issue with. I don't like to go to movies at night, and sometimes you get roped into going to movies at night because you, because everybody else is not as weird as me. <laughs> Everybody's not the the guy that wants to go at like ten o'clock in the morning on a Saturday and pay five dollars, or yeah, five dollars and sit there and have nobody in the theater with me because I I but that's me. So, uh, but. Every time I go to see, well, when I was in high school and I would go see a Franco and Rogan movie, there'd be the same group of people. It'd be all stoners. It'd be all the potheads. It'd be all the burnouts. And then they're, I'm happy that they're enjoying the movie, but I'm always, I I would always go, that's like, it's, I just, I feel like I would as, as if I didn't fit in and I, and I wasn't enjoying the movie. So for a very long time, and this sounds a little bit, it sounds stupid now, but in the, when it was happening, it made sense. Um, for a long time, I just didn't like Seth Rogen movies. I really loved him, but I just didn't like him uh, at his movies. Like this is the end. I really love neighbors. God, I love movies so much. This is the end, the interview and, uh, pineapple express were three movies that I saw. And I just, and I would just hate the group of people that went to see these movies. You know, I was just a regular kid. And then they were just these already on their way down, spiraling down. <laughs> so, but anyway, I got over that. And uh, I'm not less of a freak, but I am less of a freak. And uh, yeah, so there we go. And I can't wait to see The Disaster Artist. And I, it's a movie about the making of this movie. And it's fake, uh, except for The Room. The Room is real. <laughs> and it's a movie about making that movie. And 
it's it's everybody loves it. It's gonna be great. It's got a whole good cast in it. Uh, for for Franco, I do think he's a very good auteur. He's he's a funny guy. He's weird, and I think that he can do anything that he wants. I think he's earned that, and he's and I and I love that he does all of these. He takes all these weird liberties with these movies. You know, he can do something as as <laughs> invariably unserious as uh, the Disaster Artist or Sausage Party, and then he can go ahead and, and jump to you know I'm going back in time, but to a movie like 127 Hours, which is not funny at all, and it's just a sad, sad movie. Um, he played. Did he play Love? He was in Lovelace. As Hugh Hefner? Oh my god. Okay. <laughs> I should not I was on a roll. I was doing so well. Oh my gosh. But I really do enjoy uh, everything that, that James Franco and uh Seth Rogan do. They're very funny guys and uh, they can write and I, I especially enjoy the things that Seth Rogan writes. Uh he's when for Preacher, the TV show Preacher on AMC, it's a wonderful show about a comic he does a lot of comic book TV shows, but it's a wonderful show based on the comic book. And it's uh, it's it's so good. I just don't I don't understand how he and he he and um, Evan Goldberg, his writing partner, they write together. I listened to that uh, and him on their podcast or from a couple weeks ago, and he talks about how he and his writing partner they write together in the same room and they talk about you know writing and stuff like that. Um, and then he also wrote. Let's see, let's see. Oh, he also did. He's uh, Future Man. Future Man is on Hulu. It's starring Josh Hutcherson. Is that his name? <laughs> the kid from the Hunger Games series. He's a wonderful guy. Uh, it's a very funny show. It's about time traveling, and it's not. I don't think it's based on anything. But uh, Seth Rogen and Jeff Franco can do the, they can do no wrong. They do stuff, and it's really funny. <laughs> so <laughs> there you go. There's that. And with that, I ran out of topics to talk about. <laughs> But you know what? I feel like going for the next five minutes. I feel like just talking for the next five minutes. I I meant to shoot this earlier today. Now it's seven o'clock, eight o'clock. Oh Jesus, way behind. Um. Oh hey, listen. I just interviewed someone, <laughs> Selinda Kopic, or Kopak or Kopak. I don't know. Anyway, she's a very funny lady. I had a very nice conversation with her. Twelve minutes last week. I really I already released the written interview, but stay tuned to the end of this episode. You'll get a very special treat. You'll get a nice minute or so of me talking to Selena. She's very funny. We had a nice conversation. I'm not going to lie. This is very embarrassing for me to admit. But at the, so I type it up, I think two days later, and then I put it out. Let me give, let me, let me uh, preface this with, uh, preface this with, uh, I, I don't, it's not a very professional setup. I may sound good now, but that's because I have a very expensive mic in front of me. The news time does not look good, but it is edited well enough and it's put together well enough because I have very expensive programs that help me do that. Um, but <laughs> uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of cracks in this operation over here at C Plus Comedy. And <laughs> one of the cracks is I have a recorder that I've been using with news time, I would say for. Oh my gosh, I would say going on for about two years now, two and a half years. And while it was great when I was in college, it's not great now that I'm two years out of two and I'm almost three years out of college. And I'm using this same recorder that plugs into this same crappy microphone, that lavalier microphone that plugs onto my shirt and it all doesn't sound good at all. It sounds canned, it does not. And, uh, but anyway, 
So, uh, so that's, but that same, that's the same recorder I use for news times, the same one I use for recording my interviews because I can't record on the computer and record on my microphone at the same time. I don't think it works like that. So it definitely doesn't work like that. I, I just realized that it, I just try to put math in my head and it doesn't work. Uh, I just try to put math in my head also. And, and so I, so I record, I have this tiny little micro, just tiny little recorder, probably like 20 bucks. And it, it runs on AAA batteries and that's fine. Everything. And I put it next to my phone, which is a Nexus 6P, which is an old ancient phone in terms of electronic phones right now. And I put it next to it and I just record the conversation on speakerphone and I'm and every time and, and you and you've heard if you listen to the old episodes of the show and I don't know why you wouldn't because there's 700 of you subscribers and you guys each give me a dollar every month uh, <laughs> on the Patreon page patreon.com slash C plus comedy Patreon <laughs> I'm not very creative also that's not real don't go there I don't want to do I don't do that crowdfunding bullcrap but I record on the, the I record like that and I'm and I'm basically screaming into the phone to make sure that they can hear me and it sounds inauthentic and then it's, but I'm screaming loud enough that the phone can pick me up and also the um recording can pick me up. This is going way too long. I still gonna talk for five more minutes. We're now at twenty nine minutes. I'm so sorry. This is only this is a thirty minute show. Anyway, so I so so I record like that. And, uh, of course, over the years, I've gotten, uh, I've become a better review interviewer and a better reviewer also, but I've become a better interviewer and that's great and everything, but the sound quality is still the exact same. So what I do is I, and I take that file, I put it directly on my computer, I throw it into Adobe audition and I start listening to it and typing away and then I pause it and then I type and I catch up and I do all this stuff. Um, and, and, and with that, you know, we're on the phone and my phone connects over Wi-Fi or over the LTE and it's, it's sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's bad. Sometimes the sound goes in and out cause I have project Fi and it's not a good cell service and it's through Google and it's, while it's great cause you, you only pay for the amount of data you use. It's only great for that. And there's a lot of issues with that service. <laughs> So, so sometimes the phone goes in and out and um, when I'm typing, I just have to guesstimate what they're saying and I put it in brackets like any newsman would and that's it. That's great. That's the end of that. Um, but when I put out the Selena interview on Thursday, there are PR people. I send a link to the PR people and they're like, great, I'll, I'll read you what, no, I'm not going to read that. I'm not going to read what they said because that is not appropriate for me to do in a business setting. But anyway, I'll give you the gist of it. Um, there were I I I misheard what Selena said to me, and um, and so I had to change a couple of things. And this is what this. So first they saw it, and then uh, and then Selena saw it, <laughs> and Selena's and then Selena's sending back information saying, "Oh, he needs to correct this. He needs to correct this." Which is I get it. I understand. She can definitely do that. It's within her rights. So then I go. So then the first time I go, "Oh, okay." Uh, my report, my recording popped during that moment. I'll change it ASAP. They, I changed it. I apologize once more. And then <laughs> again, another mess up. And then I said, I'm really good at this. I'm so sorry. <laughs> and then, uh, and then she said, thanks, no worries. And then another thing. <laughs> so that's three times I had to go in there. Three times I had to go in there. 
and change everything. And it was just sad. And I, that never usually happens. It's only happened once before. And, uh, even then I was very apologetic. So I, if I just had a better, if I had better equipment, then none of that would happen. I, I could just as easily have gone, which I thought about today. I could have gone, Oh, can you repeat? You were half what and what, but I could have, but it was, uh, we were just in the moment and when you're in the middle of a conversation and you're trying to answer so many questions or get so many questions out while you're trying to just respect this person's time, then it's not, uh, it's not, it's not the best thing to do to go, Oh, can you repeat what you said? Cause you're in a flow. You're, you're the, the way I do things is I kind of, I mirror my interview <laughs> skills off of, I was going to say Charlie Rose, but not anymore. <laughs> I, I was going to say Matt Lauer, but not anymore. <laughs> oh Lord. Uh, but I, I kind of mirror my interview skills from Pete Holmes and, uh, a mix of Pete Holmes and Chris Hardwick and, um, sometimes a little bit of Brian Gumble and just a, bu- a whole bunch of interviewers that I've seen and and watched over the years. And I completely like it. And admittedly, Charlie Rose, <laughs> I could have just continued on for that, but I didn't. So, but yeah, I mean, that's just how it goes. And I mean, if I just had a better equipment, I'd probably be able to hear. Oh my God. But anyway, uh, stay tuned after this for just a little taste of that, uh, the recordings and who knows, maybe I'll put out the recordings sometimes in the future so that you can hear me, uh, do all of my awkward mess ups. You can hear me scream, talk to these people. <laughs> it's so awkward and lame, but I try to make it all flow well. So speaking of flowing, I'm going to flow right on out of here. If you like this, why don't you head over to www.cpluscomedy.com for a whole bunch of stuff, including news reviews, features, interviews, and uh, some other stuff, maybe. Who knows? Follow us on Twitter at C Plus Comedy. Follow me on Twitter at Chad Black White. Like us on Facebook. Oh, uh, go to the Instagram at C Plus Comedy. We are on Instagram. I do. Do I? No. <laughs> I was going to say I put up some of the interviews there. I don't. Um, I should, though. That'd be nice. So go to the Instagram. That's a good thing I should do. I'll, I'll do that with the next interview I do, which is coming up tomorrow, actually, or today when this episode comes out. By the title of this episode, I will have done another interview with someone who's very big and or, or moderately big, and I enjoy this person. I He was a guest on Never Not Funny. I think he's a very funny person. Um, but go ahead and go to that website. Oh, and also go to youtube.com slash comedy to get our premiere news show, News Time. It's a very good show. I really enjoy doing it as much as I lament doing it and as much as I hate and I curse doing it and I always curse during it too. (laughs) I I do love that show. It's a very wonderful new show and it just helps me learn about the industry and it'll help you learn about the industry. It's great. This week, my friend Greg Hernandez stepped in to host and he did a, a really admirable job for the first timer. And we shot and recorded two 16 minute episodes and I chopped it down to nine and it was good. He did a good job. He could, he could stand to read a little bit faster, but he did a good job and handled his delivery. He did, but he did a good job. So yeah, expect a guest host this week. So watch it. It's very fun. Very funny. He's a nice guy. It's about showrunners and their jobs and what they do. And, uh, the top 50 showrunners for 2017, like I said, uh, go watch it, youtube.com slash comedy, and uh, also stay tuned for an interview with Selena Kopic, who has a new album out. Okay. All right. Wow. 35 minutes. Too long. I'll see you later. Bye. 
and I want to talk to you about one of my favorite jokes from Trackgate on pedicure. It's the uh, what 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 won't white women complain about, which is just yeah. an entirely different. It, it it kind of reached Jeff Foxworthy levels in a good way, kind of you know when he was good uh, went, with the uh, with the uh, redneck jokes, and I think that was so funny yeah. because I think. That would be the track that I would have to sell my friends on. I would say, hey, if you want to see this comedian, go directly to Pedicure because that directly mm. is who she is. Yes. Oh, thank you for, yeah, I'm like so glad you got that. And, and the, yeah, and I think that one has sort of a fun, silly build. And, you know, it's uh, one thing I really like to do is make fun of myself, you know, and make fun of how I think sometimes I can be a real dodo. And I mean, and I, and I think I can also be very smart, but. But, you know, I mean, just the idea that, like, would this be a subtle prank show? You know, just, like, and this literally happened to me before I went on vacation to Puerto Rico. And I was like, I mean, what's going on here? You know, like, I truly thought that. But, but yeah, I think that premise is so, I just love sort of absurd stuff like that. Like, I mean, that's why I love Maria Bamford. It's just, I love absurd, like, premises where it's so ridiculous and impossible. And then you just spiral from there. Um and that joke is one of my favorite jokes. And it's fun to tell because you can always swap in different beats at the end. You know, like, I feel like there are so many examples of things that are, like, minor inconveniences that a white woman would complain about. You know? <laughs> 